Chapter 1 The Punk Mushroom The Matsutake are one-of-a-kind mushrooms. While the word Matsutake is singular and plural at once, this name covers tens of species of mushrooms found in many different places across the Northern Hemisphere. Their uniqueness is composed by many things, including but not limited to their peculiar smell and the fact that they are one of the most expensive delicacies in the world. How much have you paid for mushrooms the last time you bought some? I'm guessing no more than five bucks for a pound of butter mushrooms, am I right? Now, imagine a mushroom that can cost around $60 per pound and is very hard to find. By the end of the 80s, the prices in Japan became stellar. An old report by the Los Angeles Times, written in 1989, stated that, depending on the quality, one single mushroom could be sold for as much as 80 American dollars, and that is without adjustment for inflation. Japan is a huge consumer of them, where they are a cultural preciosity and a true gift. In order to understand the high value for Matsutake in Japan, one needs to go beyond pragmatic reasoning that dominates market economy and the Western common sense. You might assume that the price is high because the mushroom is relatively scarce, which is partially true. But the high prices do not seem to affect the demand for them in Japan. Mr. Koji Ueda, the owner of a green grocery specialized in fine vegetables sells them. In an interview for the Matsutake World Research Group, he says this particular mushroom is at the epicenter of Japanese culture. In his opinion, the Japanese don't buy them for their nutrition qualities. It is the heart and mind that make the Matsutake shine. In his words, and here I quote, it makes one's heart happy. As we can see, this is no ordinary mushroom for the Japanese. They are consumed grilled or in soups, and have been largely described as the ultimate symbol of autumn in Japan. It can be a present for a special occasion, as well as a delicacy cooked by the most traditional chefs for consumers willing to pay accordingly. It has the value of a gift tradition in a country that has seen the spawn of wild Matsutake, Guerrera and Rara ever since the end of the World War II. With the economic boost that made Japan an economic powerhouse, the demand for expensive goods increased, as well as the will to pay higher prices for the perfect toast too. But besides being a cultural preciosity, there is at least one more reason why they can be so expensive. The young entrepreneur listening to me right now is probably thinking that farming Matsutake mushrooms must be an incredible opportunity to make money. Well, unfortunate for those who wish to farm them is that nobody, so far, could domesticate these fungal fruit bodies. Many researches have been made in the United States, China, Finland, Japan and other countries and some possibilities have been tested for a while. For instance, we know that Matsutake mushrooms only spawn in the Northern Hemisphere and that they bond very well with pines. 
Actually, this tree mushroom partnership is so evident that the Japanese name Matsutake literally translates as pine mushroom. We also know that, surprisingly, they tend to like infertile soils and that most forests they grow today went through extreme conditions in the past. Scientists and researchers have been dedicating years of work in finding ways that would make the cultivation of Matsutake possible, so far without success. If no one seems to be capable of turning this Japanese dreamy gift into an industrial product, what is left to be done? How one would have better odds of finding them in the wild? Human companions for the Matsutake have tried at least two different approaches. Some mush hunters like Andy Moore, also known as the Matsi Men, work to learn the more they can about the mushrooms' behavior patterns, their partnerships and the forests they grow, so they can maximize the possibilities of finding them. Observation is the key. If you get to know the more common partners to these mushrooms, what weather events seem to make them appear the most, and when they tend to disappear, then you have more than one way to look out for them in the forests. A second approach can be learned with other hunters, like Dr. Fumihiko Yoshimura, the leader of the group called the Matsutake Crusaders. They work hard to disturb the pine forest in a very particular way, you cannot produce Matsutake, but you can transform the forest so it becomes much more likely to become likable for the mushrooms. Even if, like it is the case, they are not going to see themselves the result of their work. It can be decades before Matsutake spawn in the transform of the forest. Some studies suggest that the mushrooms are more likely to appear on pine trees that are around 40 to 50 years old. It happens a lot with fungi. There are no guarantees. The uncertainty is part of their beautiful nature. People from many different places and ethnicities around the globe migrate looking for a chance of making a living out of Matsutake picking. The job is much harder than one might think it, and one critical ability for having success is learning how to identify the very unique smell of this fungi, sometimes even before they actually are visible above the ground. The mycologist Davy Aurora oddly describes their smell as a cross between red hot, the cinnamon candy, and dirty socks. Which is a peculiar description to say the very least. Anyway, Matsutake pickers also know how to identify their favorite partners in a way that they can spot plants, rocks and assemblies that may indicate the presence of fresh mush. In the finished pine woods, for instance, many times observing the behavior of reindeers and the plants they like is a way to identify fresh mushrooms. Those who wish to find mushrooms in the wild must learn and create different sorts of abilities, in a way that these workers are much more hunters than they are pickers. Zulina, a then child from China, comes from a family of Matsutake pickers 
and talked with the anthropologist Anat Singh about ten years ago. In the interview, she says that the mushrooms are hard to find, and there is like they are hiding from her. As I said before, there are no guarantees. Sometimes mushroom hunters face good years and then really bad years for finding fresh ones. That is why other animals such as dogs and reindeers are good partners, as they might increase the chances of finding mushrooms by combining abilities with humans. Whether you choose to get to know in detail the patterns of spawn or transforming the forest for the future generations, there is a work of seduction in place, seducing the Matsutake by giving them what they want in order to spawn. Some are enchanted by their smell, others by the way they make the heart happy. And, of course, there are those who are just trying to make a living out of a profitable hunt. They all are trying to seduce the punk mushroom, which refuses to be controlled. I was so impressed with the stories that happen around Matsutake hunting that I could spend a whole episode talking about them. Even so, it might be still unclear how Matsutake are related to the end of the world. I don't blame you, this connection is not an obvious one. Perhaps I can share with you a fact that makes this relation a little bit more evident. Actually, it is more of a not behavior than a fact. Unlike we would think at first, they don't show up as untouched, undiscovered or unexplored places. It is actually the other way around. While we tend to think that most forest beings of any kind would prefer distance from humans and human activities, the Metsutake and their tree partners seem to prefer disturbed places. Places disturbed by men in the particular way they like. Metsutake can help us in engaging with a different approach towards the end of the world. The kind of world's ending that matters for us here is less of a single terrifying event in the future and more of a multitude of events happening right now, everywhere. More than just telling us about ruined places, these mushrooms might help us to think about renewing ruined places. Is that a world ending in your surroundings? I'm betting that, whatever you are, the answer is yes. Page 19 Neither tales of progress nor of ruin tell us how to think about collaborative survival. It is time to pay attention to mushroom picking. Not that this will save us, but it might open our imaginations. The anthropologist Anat Singh wrote a book by following Matsutake all around. The book 
is the result of more than a decade of collaborative work with mushrooms, trees, and many other human beings. The mushroom first caught her attention in the forest located in the eastern Cascades in the state of Oregon. There, Matsutake unexpectedly started to spawn over the ruin of an old wood industry. Among the many stories she tells, one will be told in detail in this podcast. How come Matsutake disappeared in Japan, where they are loved, and ended up appearing in the pine woods of Oregon? How come expensive and hard to find mushrooms started to bloom in a ruined forest where most organic life would struggle to survive? The book written by Anat Singh has the same name of this episode, The Mushroom at the End of the World. And among the reasons that link Matsutake and the end of the world, there is this beautiful paradox that connects destroyed and disturbed forests to one of the rarest and most expensive delicacies in the world. Have these mushrooms, perhaps, one thing or two to teach us about the possibility of life in capitalism ruins? Before we get to this question, we should learn a bit about the biology of mushrooms, pines, and what is the nature of their relationship. I hope I see you in the next chapter. Until then, may the spores be with you.